Welcome, friends, to the Life on Purpose podcast. I'm so excited to start my third season with you. This year, we are focusing on the word confidence, how to get more of it, and where we are currently seeking it. The goal is to bring you some incredible conversations that will provide you with newfound wisdom, guidance, and resources. And on this third season of Life on Purpose podcast, we want to keep you inspired and remind you that everything you are looking for is on the other side of fear. It is my privilege, as always, to be a part of your journey to living with courage, hope, and confidence this year. And the beginning we all know to living with confidence starts with recognizing what is keeping us stuck. And for a fun, quick way to get started, hop over to my website at amydebrick.com and take my quiz, Are You Stuck in Your Comfort Zone? You can also access other free resources while you're there or grab a copy of my book, Embolden. Enjoy. This morning on Life on Purpose podcast, I'm talking with my good friend, Rachel Adams. Rachel has a book that's going to be coming out think either in 2021 or 2022. We'll talk about that later. But um, she's also a fellow podcaster and writer, and I am so thrilled to have you this morning. So welcome, Rachel. Hey, Amy. It's funny that we we talk almost daily, and so (laughs) I always like talking to you, but I'm just honored to be on your show. So thanks for having me. Oh, well, this relationship goes way back to uh, She Speaks Conference now what, two and a half years ago, I think? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm grateful. I said, you know, there's so many things I love about that conference, but meeting friends like you um, may have made it all worth it for sure. No, I agree. Same, same here. And it's so funny because I think that, like you said, you know, we talk almost daily. And so I feel like we probably should have just recorded one of those conversations, but we'll make it more formal for everyone today. already been online for almost an hour and a half. <laughs> I know the interview was supposed to start at nine. It's 1022. If that gives you any reference on um, how we seem to trail off. But um, anyway, well, this month we're going to be talking about insecurities. And last week we had a wonderful interview from Erin Todd um, sharing her struggles with food and eating, which I think is a huge issue um, with most women at some point in their life. So I don't think it's uncommon for women to feel insecure at times, but, you know, I do think that there's so many variations of insecurities. Food is just one of those things. So for me, I would just ask you, Rachel, you know, was there a time, a specific time in your life where you felt those occasional feelings of feeling insecure became more consistent? You know, when you gave me these questions um, a couple days ago, and when you first said that, I'm like, surely there is. And, but honestly, Amy, I feel like I've never felt like I was enough ever. You know, like I was never smart enough. I was never skinny enough. I was never pretty enough or talented enough or whatever, you know, kind of fill in the blank. And so I feel like it's always been a consistent theme for me in my life and kind of an undercurrent. But I don't know if my memory is just failing me or if it's like more so in my adulthood, because for whatever reason, I feel like, you know, when you're a child, there's, I don't feel like there's as much at stake. And now it's like, now I'm an adult and I have a family and, um, and now I'm a Christian and I kind of want to steward my life well. And so I feel like that there's a lot more at stake. And so maybe because I take it more seriously, um, 
that that's why it stands out more in my adulthood. But and and I also think that there's something to be said about you know all through our lives there are these moments of these marked moments, so to speak, where it's like these little paper cuts or these splinters that kind of get embedded in our skin over our lifetime, you know, like times of uh, rejection. I, I can think of a lot of times of rejection just, um, you know, within my family or within my friendships or um, within even, even workplaces or, or whatever they may be. And so I feel like those small paper cuts and splinters kind of over time develop uh, bigger wounds because they're kind of compounded and even honestly I mean as, as I'm talking today I'm I'm nervous because I still feel insecure even now as a as a Christian woman like what do I have to say is anybody going to care what I have to say am I going right. to stick in my mouth or whatever and you know I think it's kind of embarrassing even to admit as a Christian woman who, you know, I should be making progress by now, like on this, you know, I know who I am in Christ. And, you know, I, I feel like I should know better. But what I find really interesting, because um, I also have a podcast, and I actually polled my podcast listeners, and I asked them on a scale of one to 10, how much they felt that they had to offer. And the average answer was a three. And then when I asked if, uh, if they felt like what they were contributing mattered and 83% responded no like they wow. didn't contribute and so I'm like okay it's not it's not just me who battles with this and I think it's just kind of um a part of our culture that and I know you've had um you had a whole kind of perfection podcast series and I think that we've kind of bought into like this idea that perfection's attainable and so you know I think social media obviously uh, plays into that because we are just day-to-day, face-to-face with these unrealistic standards that we think we can do it all and, like, we should do it all perfectly. And, um, you know, I think I've bought into the lie that if I look this way or I act like this or I have this, that then I'll finally be, be loved and feel secure. And so, like, when I was kind of looking back on my life, I think that's kind of the root that, um, we all just kind of want to be loved and we're trying to figure out how that that's possible. And um, I think that we're kind of just not satisfied until eternity. Cause I think God has put eternity in our hearts. And so um, until that day, whenever that day comes, we're just kind of looking for that security, um, which can really only be found in his love, which we can get more into later. <laughs> right. Well, no, I mean, and I think you're right. I think that those results are probably not that surprising because I think in some aspect or another and with, and I agree, I don't know that it's, I think it's more noticeable now because of all the comparison, because there's so much of people's lives that we see on social media that our parents didn't see growing up. So there may have been underlining, you know, insecurities for maybe our parents' generation, but now I feel like they're right in your face. You know what I mean? You, you can't really avoid it. And yeah. so, you know, the idea I think of being enough just goes, it's such a broad spectrum. It's like, you know, you're, you're not parenting good enough. You're not looking good enough. You're not, you know, your marriage isn't good enough because you're looking at all these things and it's just constantly, um, you know, driving you to feel like, man, I, I should be doing more. Or what I'm doing is clearly not the right thing because I'm not looking like this couple or 
you know, whatever the case is, or my house doesn't look this way. But I do think that there is something about perfection that it's almost like if we did, I guess if we did really achieve that perfection that we feel like would make us feel enough, then we wouldn't have any growth or the experience in getting to there. You know, does that make any sense? You know, I feel like if you, if you take the perfection piece and if we all had it, or if, you know, if, if, if I had it, if I felt confident in every aspect of my life and, you know, I just thought I had it all figured out, then where would I ever grow? Right. Yeah. And then we would have no need for Christ. Absolutely. Absolutely. We, we wouldn't need any, we wouldn't need a savior. You wouldn't need to count on your faith, you know, because you'd have it all figured out. And, and that's, I don't think that's what we are meant for. And so I think once women and, and, and I use women because this is what the, who the podcast is geared for, but in general, you know, I think once you can wrap your mind around remembering that, then perfection can kind of ease its way down. And then I, because I feel like perfection has a strong hold with insecurities. And Mm -hmm. so I think that's when we, you know, then we can kind of, okay, is this really rational? Am I really, you know, am I overthinking this? You know, I just did a newsletter this weekend overthinking because again, I think a lot of these things kind of, you know, vine off into something else. And when you're feeling insecure, a lot of times, at least for me, it's like, because I'm overthinking, you know, what I, like I said, could be doing better or should be doing better instead of just appreciating I'm doing my best. And right now that that needs to be good enough. And I think when we can hold on that a little bit more, we can keep gaining little bits of security a little bit more, you know, just acknowledging where we are and we are doing our best and, you know, maybe our best isn't great right now, but maybe that's all we're capable of right now, you know? Well, for you, I wanted to ask you also, was there a, you know, as we're talking about all these comparisons and whatnot, was there a specific incident or situation where you kind of noticed it was affecting your confidence? You know, for example, like, did you see somebody's, uh, you know, parenting reel on social media, or did you have a discussion with somebody else that you knew, or was it just like your work? You know, you know, I know you and I, we have a lot of discussions on writing. Was there something just specific to you or an incident or just an overall feeling that you've just never been able to escape? Yeah. You know, I, I think in, in every area, like the appearance and in parenting and in marriage and in career. And I mean, even before we were getting on this interview, I'm scrolling through social media and I'm like, Oh, her outfit is cuter than mine. I was just at that pumpkin patch. Like, you know, their family picture looks really, you know, we didn't even take a family picture, you know, even just little things. It's like little needling, you know, all the time. And, you know, even just thinking back, thinking way back, you know, even regarding my appearance, I can remember kind of being on a homecoming court and I was the only girl that wore a long skirt because I hated my legs. Like I wouldn't wear shorts. And so, and I remember I was like, oh, if I could only still be that size and I was little and I looked great. And I'm like, why didn't I appreciate that? You know, right. but being insecure. And then like, I remember a specific time being in a pool as an adult and I'd already had both babies. And one lady said, oh, I didn't realize you were pregnant. I'm like, oh, not. <laughs> you know, <laughs> 
like getting older and like seeing the wrinkles and some yeah. things through. And I remember Amy, a conversation actually with you, we were in, you know, like quarantine and, and I was like, gosh, I'm starting to feel, cause I was able to kind of control what I was saying. You know, I'm wearing like my sweatpants and, you know, not wiping the mascara off from under my eyes and not really worried about I don't right. know all the things and now once quarantine was gonna release it's like okay back to fixing my hair and back to putting on makeup on and back to worrying about what I'm eating and back to you know and so I just and then even you know so that's appearance and then um with parenting it's funny how I you know even when my babies were little I was you know you would read those books about um, what milestones they should reach when and then when my kids wouldn't reach the milestones I'm like oh what am I doing wrong right you know or you take them to the doctor and um, the doctor says well are they growing you know their weights off or their heights off or what are you feeding them or are they you know and then I feel insecure about that and then now um, we're doing virtual school and the kids are you know are, are we getting a good grade you know and I include me in that like are we am I doing enough am I being a good teacher and and then I think about marriage and I think like, you know, every day and my husband doesn't require this of me by any means, but every day I'm like, he comes home and I'm like, let me tell you what I accomplished today. I want to tell you, you know, what I did so that you'll be proud of me, you know? And then like you mentioned in our kind of our writing career, I mean, there, that, this writing career thing has really um, opened up the insecurity for me because I, I'm getting rejected a lot, you know, and to, but to keep going. And so you, you start to second guess, well, am I a good writer? Do I have anything to say? And, um, and I hate to even admit this, but even in church, you know, like, is my testimony as good as hers? <laughs> is right. she spiritual than me? She, you know, you're at church and you're like, oh, her outfit's cuter than mine. Or she, you know, speaks better than me, or she prays better than me or sings better than me or whatever. Um, and I hate to even admit those things. And I think, honestly, it's like any area in my life that can be measured, like where there's a quantifiable result, you know, and so I just think it's like you mentioned earlier, it's just kind of natural to compare ourselves to others. Like, is my, is my home okay? Is my house okay? Is my car okay? Is my, you know, I don't know, just all the things. And so all that to say, I feel like we start to, or me, I shouldn't say we, I start to just maybe hide then. Like that's why quarantine was kind of nice. It's like, well, then I'll just hide. I'm just, I can control my surroundings and I'm not going to, you know, come face to face with these things. And then it makes me like too scared or too doubtful. And so I just stop because I'm afraid to fail. And so I'd end up not doing anything. Um, but what I'm trying to learn and what I think we'll get to in a moment is that I really am not confident in myself <laughs> at all, but I'm confident because I know I have God in me and God for me. And so I'm not really offering, I'm not confident in what I'm offering of myself, but I'm learning to be confident because I'm offering him. Right. Well, and I think that that's so true because just like you were saying, I feel like when you if you feel like you're not like offering, you know, we have to, this, there's pressure you apply to yourself. Like you said, your husband, your kids, there's nobody else is applying the pressure. We're letting that settle and, and apply for ourselves. 
but you feel like if you, you're not offering something that you think that other people are, are viewing as worthy or life-changing, then it's like, I'm not, I'm not equipped for this. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I think that for me, I always have to go back to, okay, well, everything that I do say and, and what I am doing here, and even as a mother or parent or wife or friend or whatever, isn't always <laughs> super worthy or life-changing, but it, in, for, for like everybody to see or everybody to experience, but it might be just for one person. And so I always try to every, every time I'm like doubting or insecure, you know, my coping or combating, I should say method is trying to always go back to the one. Okay. So maybe my writing stunk today and I had 10 rejections, but I made bread yesterday for my family. And so that was for the one for them. And I'm doing it because the one that made me knows that that's enough. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's, it's interesting how that kind of plays out. But if you don't take the minute to rationalize it, it's like you said, it's almost like a vicious cycle and you just go from one thing to the next of how you feel like you're not capable. Mm-hmm. So my, one of, you know, one of my last questions for you is what have you done in those moments to combat those feelings of insecurity and practice bravery instead? Because it's, like we said, it's so easy to fall into that trap, but do you have a, a coping or um, a skill that you use to kind of break that cycle for you and, and move on? Yeah, I mean, honestly, I think I think it's just brave to get up and try again the next day, you know, <laughs> because right. every day it's like a, our, a chance to be brave again, because I mean, honestly, just all the things I just mentioned, like this world is kind of hard to live in, like there's just so many pressures and I feel like it's easy to kind of fall short, but I've kind of identified, I don't know, six or seven, and I promise I'll be kind of brief on all of those, but ways that I've kind of been trying to learn to um, combat, combat these feelings of insecurity. So I think first and foremost, it's finding my identity in Christ alone. I mean, I think, you know, if we try to find our identity in this world, it's going to fail us every single time. Um, and so, you know, and that especially as a, when I'm growing up in my adolescent years, I didn't know that truth. And so that was especially hard. But now I do know that truth. And so, you know, because I know I'm a daughter of the Most High King, because I know that he loves me, not because of what I do, but just because of who I am. I think if I keep trying to pour that voice and that truth into my heart daily, you know, just and multiple times a day and all through the day and night, that that then his truth starts to speak louder than the lies of the world. Um, and then secondly, I know this sound, kind of sounds counterintuitive, but I'm starting to learn to kind of own my insecurity. That I think because we and we kind of alluded to it earlier that because I don't. I know I don't have what it takes, you know, I know I'm inadequate. I know I'm insecure that then that frees me up to depend on the Lord because I don't think if we, if we were able to do it on our own, like we were talking about earlier, we'd become prideful and we'd be arrogant and we'd be conceited. And so I think realizing that we are these frail and fragile human beings that are imperfect, but that we have God's Holy Spirit working inside of us to empower us and equip us, that um, that gives me a lot of strength, and that also frees me from 
feeling kind of this pressure and the exhaustion just to kind of do it on my own. Right. Um, and then kind of a little bit more practically, maybe it's just gratitude. <laughs> you know, sometimes yeah. I think I can get on a, a tailwind, like you said, like this rabbit trail of like, well, I don't have this and I don't have this and I don't have this, but I think just to kind of shift our focus, like, okay, this is what God has given me. And, you know, and being aware, like I do have this talent. I do have this time. I do have this treasure because he's given us all something. Um, and we just have to steward, steward it well. And in fact, second Peter one three says that we have all that we need for a life of godliness. Like we have it all. And as we know, like through the word that God uses inadequate people who are unqualified and he uses everything like you were saying the small th things that we consider to be small he he's going to use it all and he's going to he's going to multiply it um and then i think on that kind of theme of um being a little bit more practical i have to be very careful of limiting my technology like mm -hmm. my media content because um you know even 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 books I read and even Hallmark movies. I mean, even things that you start to in, in social media, even Christian women I'm following, it's kind of like, okay, I start to follow them and try to emulate their actions and, you know, what they're doing rather than following Christ. And I think, I think it's just a matter again of what am I focusing on? Where are my eyes? And, and then two more uh, quickly, uh, I think being vulnerable and kind of being, and which is really hard, but I think the more that we all try, to, and this goes back to social media too, I think the more time, the more we try to act like we're perfect <laughs> and that we have it all together and we have no flaws, then the harder it is for all of us to continue to measure up because we're setting this, we're setting each other up to kind of fail that we, you know, it's like, okay, here's the standard, so try to meet it. And so I think when we are honest to say, look, I'm weak. I don't have it all together, but this, look, look at what God did through me in spite of me. And I think that gives them him the glory rather than, um, us the glory. And I, that leads me to my kind of my final point on this, on how to combat, um, this insecurity is I'm, I'm realizing that insecurity as much as I'd like to think it was humility, it's still a big focus on myself <laughs> and it goes back to where is my focus and my focus then if I'm insecure, it's still on me <laughs> and that's not really healthy because again, our focus is supposed to be on Christ. And so I think I've got to just lay down this desire to uh, be seen and be validated and um, quit making it all about me and make it all about him. And I think every time we kind of do all of those things, we, you know, one step at a time, as we continue to walk out in faith and God provides and God helps us and strengthens us, we start to learn to trust him. And that kind of makes, that makes us brave because we're not having faith in ourselves, but having faith in him and he's going to carry us, um, every single time. Well, and I, I love the last one, honestly, of all of them and could be, and they all, they all marry together. I mean, who are we kidding? Yeah. Um, you know, being vulnerable and honest, you know, that's how you relate with other women. The more you think, the more you, and you know, I had to learn this the hard way myself. 
mine was kind of a little bit more of your approach is because I was more of an introvert and didn't really recognize it at the time. And I, so it was just awkward to be in different situations, even if it wasn't necessarily a comparative situation, but just in general, my immediate reaction would be to pull back, you know, but I was self-isolating way before (laughs) quarantine. I say just in different times, it was just, that was more of my comfort zone, but that could be interpreted as being standoffish, thinking you're better than somebody else. I mean, you know, a lot of things can play into that because I was never really honest about, you know, Oh, I'm just going to do this because I'm more comfortable doing that. You know? Um, so there's something to be said for, being honest and and vulnerable and letting people understand and relate to where you're coming from. Because if you don't offer that, then they make their own, um, you know, judgment and perceptions on what and why you're doing it and, and how you're doing it. And so I think that you also have to be careful of that. But I love the point of the self consuming, because really, when you are insecure, it, you're right. It's still, it does seem like it would be more, you're more humble and you are to an extent, but you're right. It's still really all about you. You can't stop thinking about you and how you can be better and what you can do different. And, and so I love that you pointed that out because I think that it's, it's really important and, and it's good to sometimes, like you said, just, um, set your pride aside and think about even somebody else, Mm -hmm. you know, not just what you're grateful for, but you know, when I was going through treatment, one of the things I feel like that helped me the most, like healed my mindset of being so consumed with, you know, treatment and having cancer and all that was shifting it off of me and thinking about other people. Mm -hmm. And there's plenty of other people that have enough things going on that if you, spent your time wisely and we don't always do this. And I'm talking about myself here. There's a lot to be grateful for. And there's a lot of other people who we could spend our time and energy on rather than ourselves that are so worth it. And, but you're right. You know, you have to watch where you're, where you're spending your time and and what you're listening and watching. And you got to have, I guess, ask yourself, is this helping my insecurity or is this fueling my insecurity? And so I think that those are great points um, to have and to kind of go by of, you know, what can I do to shift these feelings when they come up? Um, My last question for you, how would you encourage uh, somebody listening right now that their worthiness isn't found in these outside validations? I mean, I know we kind of hit all of these points, but would there be one thing that you could say to them? Yeah, and I do want to say back to what you just said, I think you hit the nail on the head by instead of focusing on ourselves, you can you can focus on other people like how can I serve them and so the more we take our eyes off of ourselves in that way and focus on other people I think that really um, in a way of service, <laughs> not in right. a way of comparison, but um, and I think it honestly to answer your, your, your last question about our validation and our worthiness, I think it goes again back to our culture that we're kind of just groomed for seeking approval. You know, I was thinking about this, like even as, you know, thinking about really young Rachel and Amy, you know, the first people we tried to get approval from was probably our parents. You know, I think about like the, you know, the image of the little girl like twirling, am I pretty? 
You know, are you proud of me? And then I think it moves on to like our teachers and like, you know, when we were in school and thinking, okay, did I, did I make the right grades? Was I a part of the right clubs? And, and you know, then it goes to if we, you know, because I played sports, it's like, okay, did I, are my coaches proud of me? Are the fans cheering for me? You know, same with like our peer groups and am I a part of, you know, am I being included? And, um, and then you move on to, you know, now our, our, our careers and in the workplace, you know, you're getting, you know, did our book make the bestseller list and uh, did we get the top sales in the corporation or, or whatever. And so I think it's really, it's just so ingrained in us, like to seek the approval and validation of people. And, um, and I think that that's been kind of from the beginning of time because we're, it's an, it's an immediacy, you know, it's a, it's a scene type of validation that we can, you know, I think that's why it was so hard as a stay at home mom and, and with toddlers before they, you know, before they could talk, because nobody's saying like, good job, mommy. You right. <laughs> so much you did so good. Um, and so I think we just are always wanting to, I don't know, not maybe not everybody's a people pleaser, but I know that I am and it feels good to be validated. I mean, it, mm -hmm. it just, it, it really truly does. But the problem is, is that it's temporary and, and it doesn't last. I mean, my husband and my family can, can, you know, validate me and affirm me till they're blue in the face, but it just, it's for whatever reason that it's like, okay, then I need it again the next day. Like, it's just, it never truly satisfies and it never is enough. And then, um, and again, I think it goes back to we're self-centered rather than being God-centered. And I think what's tricky about faith is, is that it is that unseen, that our validation from the Lord, although it's in the word, it's in the Bible, you know, we know that we're fearfully and wonderfully made. We know we're chosen and loved and redeemed and all those things, but we truly won't be validated. And, um, you know, we know we have this inherent worthiness, but until we get to heaven, you know, and, and that's that eternal. And so it's trying to, it, I guess, keep um, our focus again on what is eternal and um, rather than what is temporary. And I think that that's kind of tricky. Um, but I think the number one thing for me is, is I have to keep my focus on pleasing the Lord rather than pleasing people. And I think that the way that we do that is, the scripture says, by loving him and by loving people and just offering all that we have and all that we are, even if we think it's small and we're insecure about it. Um, but I think that the Lord just wants our willingness and our obedience and, um, and then just finding our security in him uh, alone. Because the reality is, to your, to your purpose um, part of this question, is that we all have a purpose and God uses people for his purpose. And that's to bring more people into his kingdom, to lead people to him. And uh, at the end of the day, while we may not think that we have as good of anything as what other people have, or um, we may just be insecure about what we have to offer, but the reality is because we have him in us working through us and he loves us and we're supposed to love as he has loved us. Like, and we also have the agape love that he's given us, like we can all love. And that's something that we, um, I guess, I think can have a lot of security um, in. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. I love that. You know, keep your focus 
<clears throat> on pleasing the Lord and not people. And I think that that's going to be like a lifelong message. I, and especially with, you know, insecurities aren't going to go away. Um, but I think that you can have kind of, you know, highs and lows with that. And so it's always good. I feel like to just have something either to read or to kind of snap you back to reality. And so even if it's something as basic and it feels like as simple as that, sometimes there's, there's different seasons in my life where I need to be reading that almost daily. Other times I, maybe I'm not as consumed with it or, distracted by it or discouraged by an insecurity. It's not really rearing its ugly head at the moment, but when I am, it's nice to have something like that. And anything that is always bringing you back to, you know, God's word and his purpose in your life and and his love for you and all of that, that's what we really need to be filling our our time and, and effort with. So much so that it becomes, you know, so second nature that we don't have to second guess it. You know, it's like, it's like anything else. It's like, you know, blinking. It's like you, it's so ingrained that you don't begin to second guess it anymore. And I guess that would be the hope to do anything with insecurities. And I think that's probably why a lot of people at times, you know, like I said, typically insecurities, at least in my life, it's, they come at certain times and and go at certain times or they're not as present at certain times, but wouldn't you agree? Like sometimes they're just like overwhelming at the moment, but then, you know, you have to really kind of circle back and say, is this, you know, is this reasonable? Why, why would I be doing this when I know that God already says I'm enough? And Mm -hmm. so I think that there's always great purpose in knowing your worth and, that will never change. Your worth and worthiness and how God sees you is never going to change. You're never going to do enough. You're never going to dress nice enough. You're not going to have a nice enough house. You're not going to be the perfect parent. There's nothing that's going to change that the value and worth that he already sees in us. And so, you know, I think that's probably the greatest, the greatest thing to combat also um, those feelings of insecurities with is just that truth. Yeah, and, and as I'm thinking of all the things I'm usually insecure about, it's all kind of outward stuff, and God just looks at our heart, you know, what's what's your motive, and, and do you have the right heart, and, and so that's maybe the prayer is, Lord, create me a clean and pure heart, and, and keep my eyes on you, instead of all the things of the world, you know? Yeah, well, that's great. Thank you so much, Rachel. I loved having you on. I love everything that you normally have to say anyway. And I think those points were wonderful. I can't wait to, um, you know, share them so people can have them a little more tangible if they want to print them out. But how can women connect with you further to stay encouraged with you, follow up and listen to um, The Love Offering, which is your podcast? Can you give them a little information on how to keep the relationship going with you? Yeah, I would love to connect. Um with your listenership um because honestly i just i i think we all need encouragement just to live out our faith and so um i i I'll be, i do have the love offering podcast which can be listened uh, anywhere listening on any listening platform and um, you can find me on social media at rachel adams author and then on my website at rachelkadams.com okay great 
Well, thank you so much. Uh, we will catch up with you soon. And um, I look forward to airing this. I think it's a great message and I appreciate your time. Okay, thanks so much for having me, Amy. All right. We'll talk soon. Well, that's it for us today, friends. If today's episode or any other episode has left you feeling encouraged and inspired, please consider rating, reviewing, or subscribing to Life on Purpose with Amy Debrick from your favorite listening platform. The mission, as always, of Life on Purpose is to meet you where you are, but not leave you there, and let you know that although fear is normal, courage gets the final say. See you next time.